Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Real Window, rewatching random movies from our childhood, Christmas edition. I'm Pauline. <laughs> so, and it's a Christmas edition. Woo! Yay! So this week, yay! This week <laughs> we rewatched the ever, ever classic 1990 Christmas traditional film in our household, mm-hmm. Home mm-hmm. Alone. The one and only Macaulay Culkin in his finest glory. Mm, Lisa, tell everyone (laughs) the plot of this movie. I want to hear this synopsis, please. (laughs) I really. This is one I maybe should have written down because I'm like, this is going to be hilarious. (laughs) Go on. Let's hear what happens in this film. All right. So, for anyone who does not know the plot of Home Alone, it takes if place you with our literally yeah, have lived under grew a rock. up under a rock. <laughs> yes, yes. Considering Eastern Europe loves this it is. movie, I it's think everyone big. should be aware. Of if this. Poland has it as like the number one Christmas <laughs> movie of their holiday, you know it. You know it. Okay, okay. okay but Lisa. let's attempt this. Okay, take so it away. Kevin McAllister is the youngest member of his particular family. His family consists of I think it's like five siblings and his parents and then they've got like cousins and they've got uncles and aunts staying with them in this big huge house and everyone is about to go on a trip to Paris to visit um, Kevin McAllister's dad's brother who's been living in Paris and it is of course a chaotic household and in amongst all of the chaos Kevin kind of feels little little eight-year-old Kevin feels like he is getting the short end of the stick he seems to annoy everyone everyone you know insults him his siblings insult him his particularly his oldest brother buzz who's very such very a jerk to him. he's such yep. an asshole anyway and at one point um as they're all having sitting down to have pizza uh kevin's upset because his cheese pizza has been eaten by everyone buzz overreacts kevin overreacts in return and it causes a kerfuffle that spills milk all over passports tickets and everything else and it causes the entire family to be mad at kevin to the point where kevin wishes that his whole family would disappear And then lo and behold, the next morning after a storm that knocks out the power, the entire family sleeps in and has to rush to get to the airport on time to catch their Paris flight. And obviously this is before going through a great deal of security so they can still feasibly do this. However, little Kevin has been... um, banished to the attic for his behavior so everyone kind of forgets that's where he's sleeping and the whole family leaves without him uh they miscount the children and the family's on the flight to paris and little kevin wakes up and there is no one in the house he's all by himself and because it is christmas time the family cannot fly back home they try to get someone to get a hold of him the power lines are still down the phone lines are still down and kevin of course thinks that he's wished this to happen so his family disappearance is because of him and he at first is excited but then realizes this is a lot of responsibility he's a little bit scared especially considering that there's a neighbor across the street who his older brother told him is a murderer and every time he runs into uh-huh. them he's terrified as well uh-huh. as two gentlemen known as the wet bandits played by joe Pesci and oh shoot i'm blanking pulling what's his daniel name? stern thank you daniel stern and they know because joe pesci disguised himself as a police officer and talked to all the families in this very wealthy suburb uh knows that everyone's on vacation so they're there to rob the houses but kevin finds out about all their plots and through various points of the movie foils them again and again until they comes to a head at the end of the film where he knows that the wet bandits now know he's a child alone in a house and he decides to booby trap his house and teach them a lesson 
that's this film. That's it. <laughs> that was a much more elaborate synopsis than I thought it was going to be. But then I as you were talking, I was like, you know, you kind of do need to explain all these yeah. little details. So there's a lot of details. I in appreciate this film. that. Yeah. Very thank you. Thank subtle. you. Good job. Well done. Thank Very you. Thorough. Thank you. Yes. Uh, uh, a plus book report, uh, Lisa. Well done. Well done. Do I get a star sticker? You know what? You get a great job sticker. Ooh, okay, so, I mean, I don't know one better job. or the other, but I feel you know like what? As long as I get good. a good sticker, I think they're pretty sweet. They're That's sweet. Key. So, Pauline, you're the mm-hmm. one who picked this movie because both I of did. us are allowed to choose one Christmas movie at Christmas time because we have yes. limited Christmas movies. We're going to run out eventually. Um, yeah. And so, Pauline got to go first this year, and you're, you chose Home Alone. I did. Uh, so, you're going to be the one answering our questions first as always we start off with takeaways as a child versus Mm -hmm. now that you're watching as an adult and this one we kind of said in the trivia episode this is a bit tricky because this is a film we watch so much we watch it every year multiple times so it's hard to parse out it really is viewings Mm -hmm. but as best as you can what do you what were your takeaways as a kid? Was there anything you misunderstood? Any favorite scenes? Anything that now that you rewatched it as an adult, you're like, oh, that's interesting. Um, anything that jumped out at you with this rewatch, Pauline? Um, well, you know, favorite scenes, obviously the <laughs> ending. Um, but we won't jump right there right away. Um hmm. uh, you know, it was it was hard as I was watching it. I was like, I know this movie backwards and forwards mm. so well that I'm like I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure what I didn't get as a kid. One thing mm. that I think I was kind of confused by, I didn't understand why everyone was annoyed with Kevin. Like it did yes. seem as a kid yeah. that everyone was annoyed with him. And then watching it as an adult, I've always been like, oh, I'd be annoyed with him. So there That's funny. Of... As a as a child, I thought they were overreacting to him. I was like, yeah, he's, that's just, what I thought. he's just chilling. He's, he's just, just a little kid. Absolutely. What's going on? I was like, but he's being himself as He's a child. being himself and he's little. And yes. I have to say, even as an adult watching, I'm like, he's still nine, guys. <laughs> like, yeah, not even nine. He's eight. Like, he's I know eight years he, old. But I also feel like he makes it seem like they're being meaner than they... Don't get me wrong. Buzz mm. is mean and Frank, Uncle Frank is a jerk. They are two mm. very mean people. And I feel like Buzz should have been reprimanded more for his behavior than he ever was. Oh, totally, but like 100%. his mom, Catherine O'Hara, Harris character. I love like, her. <laughs> I love her. Oh my gosh. Fun fact. Just FYI, everyone. Macaulay Culkin still calls her mom. Oh, I adorable. adorable. Oh, I love it. Anyway, but like him being banished to the attic, I think it's not even as big a punishment. Like we say the attic, everyone, I remember thinking as a kid, the attic looked like it was scary because it's like dark. Because he says and stuff that. Like he, that. Says he says that. The attic but when scary. you look at the attic, it's actually a pretty sweet attic. It's like mm. you got your own sweet room, big bed. Like it didn't, it's not like as bad as he made it seem, but mm. he did headbutt his brother in the middle of the kitchen and cause chaos to mm. then result in <laughs> a series of unfortunate events so like he didn't handle it great so as an adult I definitely felt like oh he mm. is kind of annoying not enough to like warrant Buzz's shitty behavior but as mm. a kid I definitely was like 
Kevin seems pretty fine. I don't understand what everyone's <laughs> problem is with Kevin. He's a great guy. I like him a lot. So that was definitely something for me as a kid that I was like, mm. everyone's not being as nice to Kevin as they should be. Hilarious, and as an adult, yeah. I'm like, mm, I don't know if I feel the same way. So <laughs> that was definitely a big part of it. Mm. Um, I So the other thing, the other things that kind of stuck out in my head that I know I loved as a kid, mm. one his first thing that he does when his family is gone is runs around the house, is happy. And I remember not getting why he was so happy his family Hilarious. was gone. Yeah. Because I loved our family. Mm. So I didn't relate to him the same way. The idea if that makes sense. of our family disappearing the next morning wasn't a Would delight. Be it was terrifying. Traumatic. <laughs> It'd be like, why is he not more scared of this? So that to yeah. me was one thing that I didn't really relate to mm. or completely understand, I think. Yeah. But um, when he, like, chooses to, like, jump on the bed eating popcorn, I was like, yes, 100%, oh, I would do. that's so funny. As a kid, I was like, why would you do that? <laughs> oh, I was like, this makes sense. As an adult, I was like, this is a choking hazard. Popcorn on its own is a choking hazard. Let alone bouncing on a bed. On a bed. <laughs> Everything about this is a terrible idea. So definitely yeah. as an adult, I was like, mm, we should be doing that's, that. And then that's I didn't, the popcorn thing, I was like, no. But then I was like, the ice cream, I totally. <laughs> okay. So I was actually just, I had written down, I was like, the Sunday he makes while he's watching bad oh movies, which God. I also think I would have done. I think totally. I would be like, totally. I'm totally going to watch the movies that I wasn't allowed to watch. Absolutely. Um, and eat, he eats the best Sunday ever. Oh, it my looks God. amazing. Yes. The only thing I didn't agree with was how he left the ice cream out on the camera. Yes. And I was always like, that always bothered me as a kid. Cause I was like, listen, that is perfectly good ice cream going to waste. What are we doing here? Get your put it in the freezer. Put it in yes, the freezer put it so back. you can have it for tomorrow. You fool. So, um, but it definitely looked amazing. And yes, I I remember him watching the movies and thinking that was great. Uh, he yeah. tries tobogganing down the stairs. I believe you and I attempted something similar we we attempted something similar but you know what's awesome is our younger brother who happens to be named kevin if anyone hasn't listened to the podcast before he actually did it in our calgary house he took us to bargain oh, down the stairs the door was open those wood I think those the stairs older, wood those stairs were wood and i think the door was open and dan or an older brother was helping <laughs> actually Yes. I do recall yes. the story. I think, like, now that you're I think it was that. like he put like snow on the steps down the front to make sure and like helped line it up. Yes. And Kevin, our brother had like a ski helmet on so that if he <laughs> yes. fell off, he wouldn't hurt his head. And he had like padding. But yeah, he got to do the toboggan thing down the stairs. Oh, man. That we always kid. wanted to. Like, I we remember, like, get riding things down the stairs, but we didn't oh, have a staircase yeah. that exited out our front door. We just no, had, like, stairs went that wall. went, well, and, like, to the basement. <laughs> You're like, yeah. right now I'm in the basement. So, yeah, no, I definitely, um, yeah, I definitely thought that that was so cool. brilliant and mm. fun, and I would do the same thing as well. Um, mm. I always got like nervous in the scene where Kevin McAllister home alone, as we all know, uh, based on the movie, uh, <laughs> hence the name, uh, he needs cash to go to the grocery store. And oh, the yes. only place that he knows there's cash is his older brother, Buzz's room in this life savings box where he's tin. got all of his, yeah, yeah like, it's like tin at the top of the shelf, the shelving unit. That's very 
unstable um, mm-hmm. in his bedroom. And Kevin goes to climb these stairs. And I, every time, was like, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> and then it would crash and it would create a mess. And he doesn't care about the mess. And I remember that was always hard for me as a kid. I think I was always mm. like, now he's just made a whole mess of those shelves. Because <laughs> in my head, I was like, his brother's going to come back. And maybe it's because I was scared of our brother Ben as a kid. Like, in my head, I'm like, the idea of going into Ben's room, creating a mess, and then leaving, like, nothing happened. I'm like, oh, uh, no. Uh, the repercussions no. of that would give me would anxiety. Be, would be I feel like high. I'd break out in hives. I'd be crying. <laughs> it just wouldn't be a thing. So well, his, yeah, that's his cavalier that's attitude of creating the mess, I think, always was tough for me it was always hard to watch it i never liked watching that scene that's the same scene where the tarantula gets out of the terrarium and i was always afraid of the tarantula i felt so bad for the tarantula i was like he can't be out that's not his environment he needs a terrarium so everything about that was very upsetting to me that's so funny up there 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 i totally get your logic as to why it would be upsetting i i think as a kid i was like he's okay he didn't get hurt okay that's good he's got money (laughs) like oh he's not dead I uh, loved the escape of the tarantula because I love how throughout the movie you kind of you you're shown it. where oh. he is. He's like behind the toilet at one point. He's like down in the basement at one point. Like so, there's always this reminder that the tarantula, the tarantula is, is out and about. Kind of made and, me think of those little critter books. Yes, um, where there's yes! there's always there's a spider and like a, a grasshopper a or a mouse. Yeah, and they're always in them. the background. Yeah, <laughs> and we loved looking anyway, for them. Same did. idea, and yeah. and that delighted me. But I'm with you. I. I didn't like the mess and I think it's because we had seen the movie so many times we knew Buzz would get upset because that's like yes. the last line of the movie. Yeah, They all get home and Buzz, you don't see his Kevin! reaction. Yeah, you just hear him shout, what did you do to my room? And that's and Kevin's like, Ooh. Kevin's like, that's the end of the movie. That's it. Um, Classic. And and I'm with you like that, like the idea of the shelves crashing and just being like, well, time to go about my day was peculiar to me as it's well true. too. <laughs> yeah, it's peculiar. Um, that's also because I think you and I have like, like Catholic guilt. (laughs) I also do feel that there's this general, like we've made a mess. Now we have to clean this mess up, even though we were messy, but like messy is different than breaking things, breaking things. I'd be like, "Uh Oh, no, the breaking things is like, Oh shoot. Yeah. Um, and then I have to say, I feel like there was like, other than obviously the finale, I remember, okay. I remember loving the Wet Bandits because I just, yes. they were funny. They, they were, were over the top. So they always the top. argued. They were silly. I was always very upset by the fact that they left the water running in the houses. Yes. That, I when, even watching it now, I was like, oh, I hate it's so, so much about this. Yeah. It's so, water. Well, especially because at the, at the end, because you don't, you see the aftermath of them plugging the sinks in the neighbor's house to, to Kevin's house because he, once he's outsmarting them and they've gone through all of his traps kind of thing, he runs to the neighbor's house because that's where he's called the police to come. And he basement and you see the water just pouring down the basement steps and the basement is flooded. Child, I was like, oh, and as an yeah. adult, I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> that yes. house is ruined. The house, that is, house ruined. is The whole house is ruined. He's, he's, you, they've, they've destroyed wrecked the house. Yeah. Every yes. piece of anything that's on the main it's floor in the basement so it's destructive so, it's, it's so, so upsetting much water. it's awful so i just remember that always always mm. bothered me mm. always yeah. so i hated that yeah um i uh, i always and maybe again it's tough because mm. we know the ending yeah but i always 
liked the man from next door. Marley. Old man Marley. Old yeah. man Marley. Yeah. Because he always had such a kind face, I thought. I don't know I, why. I, I agree. I I really loved him, too. He was one of my favorite characters. I, yes. I, I never was scared of him. I You're always right. felt bad for I him. I always felt bad for him. I didn't like that Kevin would scream every time he saw him. I was like, yes. no, he's a nice man. And yes. I think you're right. I think it's because we watched it and knew how we it knew ended. The ending. But I'm with you. And there's such a that that scene in the church. So for oh. anyone who hasn't seen it in a while or has never seen it, um, towards the end of the movie, Kevin McAllister has, you know, has this I knows that the wet bandits are coming for him. It's been a couple of days of him on his own. He's really missing his family. He doesn't know what to do. He's just asked Santa's helper, because he, he thinks that the mall Santa kind of guys are helpers of Santa who can report back to the real Santa. And so he's asking, Which is please hilarious. Uh, it's a great idea. It's and brilliant. he's like, please bring back my family, which is the saddest request yeah. ever to a Santa. As an adult watching it, I'm like, oh God, if I, I had know. that, I'd be like, did we all die in a car crash? Like, Oh happening? my God, right? Oh right? My God. That's what you would think. Yes. Um, Are you an and orphan? So- he overhears a choir, like he hears a choir singing Christmas songs in his, his, his local church. So he goes in as kind of like a place to be. And the neighbor, old man Marley, who is this older gentleman who his older brother Buzz, who's the jerk, who's the asshole, has told him earlier in the film is actually a serial killer who's murdered his victims and he's salting the sidewalks with the mummified remains of the bodies. And so Kevin's been terrified of him the whole movie. And he goes into the church and old man Marley's sitting in a pew and he comes over and says, Merry Christmas. And it's the best moment because Macaulay Culkin has such great expression. Oh, my he gosh. Sees, his face. He sees yes. Marley coming and he's scared. And the camera angle is like from up high. So he looks super small. And this guy just very gently goes, Merry Christmas. And Kevin's face with his eyebrows going down in confusion. He's like, and just huh? like, what just happened? And then they have this very lovely heart to heart where... Kevin's talking about how he regrets and is missing his family and just wants them back. And they talk about how complicated loving families is. And and Marley talks about the fact that he doesn't get to see his granddaughter because he and his son argued and it's been years now. And so Kevin's like, well, you should just call him. And so that's, it's really a really lovely, it's a lovely scene. It's beautiful. I know as a kid, I didn't grasp all of it at all. Nope. Mm-mm. It is something I only came to appreciate with time and then go, oh, this is like the best. This is one of my, it's now one of my favorite parts of the whole movie. Yeah. Whereas totally. as a kid, I was like, ah, oh, the church scene with the nice guy. I like him, but also this is, we're anticipating when the traps are about to happen. Totally. I'm so... like, this is delaying the fun booby traps that I know <laughs> yeah. are coming. I'm willing to accept that this is probably a very sweet moment. I do like this gentleman, so I'm willing to sit through this, but... I know that the reward is traps. Whereas yes. as an adult watching it, I'm like, oh, this conversation is mm-hmm. so good. It's just it's such, so good. It's so well written. It's mm-hmm. so sweet. There's a genuineness to it. And the yeah. actor, actually, this is interesting. The mm-hmm. actor who played Old Man Marley. Yeah. That was like his most iconic acting role. After that, everyone was like, hey, aren't you? And Old like, Man yes. Marley. <laughs> yes. And everyone knew who he was when he was walking down the street. And anyway, Aww. I thought that was such a cute thing because everyone loves Old Man Marley. Everyone does. Everyone should. He's everyone he's should. the sweetest he's gentleman. A, and he's so sweet. And the very end of the movie, when Kevin looks out his window and his parents, like, you know, spoiler everyone, his family comes back, obviously. <laughs> uh, like, I hope you all think that he's not just left perpetually alone home. Um, he's looking out the window and it, you don't hear dialogue. It's just like this lovely sort of choir singing and beautiful music by John Williams. And it's snowing. And he sees Marley 
having his fa- his son and his granddaughter and like the, their family come over and he gets to like hug his granddaughter and they make eye contact and mm. they just kind of wave to each other and oh, mm. oh even as a kid gets ya. even as a gets kid ya. I was like yeah Mm-hmm. This is a great ending. I mm-hmm. love how sweet that moment actually is. In a movie that genuinely, you know, it it wouldn't have those kind of moments if I think if they if a slapstick movie like it was made now. Yes. I actually really appreciate the heart that's happens in this film occasionally because it could very Agreed. easily not have any. And it's because it actually great. has quite a bit of yes. heart in it. Even with like Catherine O'Hara's mm-hmm. character, as she's like trying to get home to him, and she refuses to leave the airport. She's like jumping from plane to she's, plane. She's selling her fake Rolex, her earrings, her, yeah. her everything, her jewelry. They like this ring, like everything, just to get two first class tickets. I was like, as she's going through the list of things she's willing to give this older couple, I'm like, I'm like I wait go. a minute, I think you're overselling it there. <laughs> but I'm like, this is fair. But but this is your um, desperation. I get yeah, you. Yeah, but I yeah, um, it's, but she's, it is lovely. She is a great character journey mm. we have not yet discussed john candy's appearance uh, john candy I mean, I mean any appearance by john candy is a moment of it, celebration let's just well, be honest not it's not that's not even an understatement like that no. is a hundred percent that's how you feel when you see are, him on screen you see him suddenly I, there you're like oh yes john candy john is candy. just you know, I'm going to pull a Lisa line out. He is just a delight. Yes, he is. <laughs> he, John Candy is just delightful. When you see him in the background, mm. when she's losing it in the Scranton airport, she's just having a mini meltdown. She has had enough. him kind of like overhearing and he's looking and he's just kind of like inching his way closer. And you're just like, <laughs> oh, John Candy is just one of my sweetest gonna men. He's going to come fix it. I just, uh, and I think because we also grew up with the great outdoors yes. and Uncle Buck and Summer Rental. Summer Rental, all of them. He yeah. was just always, always, always one of our absolute favorite actors. So I think Rescue's Not Under. Rescue's Not Under. Yeah. Oh. Oh. So I think he was just someone that we loved as soon yeah. as he was on the screen. It didn't even matter. It was like. No, because this... even as a kid, I didn't fully get everything he, again, polka no. and all that stuff. He's about polka music. It didn't matter. I just knew it was John Candy, and therefore I was 100%. like, I love him. Whatever's happening is fine. <laughs> Even the discussion that he has, I, I wrote it down. I was like, the discussion that he has with Catherine O'Hara in the back of the moving van. So oh this is what God, happens. They're all so, trapped in a moving van. So John Candy is the polka king of the Midwest. <laughs> and he starts trying to sing songs to her in the airport. And she's like, I'm sorry, did you say you could help me? And so he's got this polka crew. And they're trying to get to Minneapolis from Scranton. And I'm not great with uh, U.S. geographies, but in between there is Chicago, and that's where she needs to go. And he offers to give her a ride in the van that his buddy, his colleague, Mm. his fellow musician is booking for them because their flight got canceled. So this whole polka band, I guess, (laughs) is what you call them? Yes. Yeah, they're a polka band. They're a polka band. (laughs) Have rented a moving van, and they're driving to Minneapolis. So she catches a ride with them. Yes, and they have this conversation in the back of the moving van that is so dark. And as a kid, so, it, I didn't, I didn't yeah. pay any attention to I, what I the conversation it, was, but I don't think I fully comprehended. Yeah, it's, what their discussion is is she feels she's a terrible mother because she has left her. Like, how could she possibly lo- leave a kid behind? Like, she's the worst mother for leaving her child at home, and he's trying to comfort her. Mm. But in return, he tells a story about leaving his kid somewhere terrible, too. 
and it's not really helping her. She's like, is this supposed to make me feel better? <laughs> uh, and he's trying to explain that, you know, children are resilient and parents make mistakes, right? And it's hilarious. But as a kid, I kind of was just like, they seem like they're having a good moment. Totally. Like, and he says a line. He, okay. he, sa- he says this line, and he's like, I mean, he was fine after, you know, six or seven weeks when he came around and started talking again. <laughs> We might as well just say they left his they left their kid he he and his wife left their kid at a funeral parlor all day because they were so corpse with a corpse because they were so bereaved they accidentally like he's like all day all day with a corpse and and you know finally at night when me and my wife you know we came to our senses we went back and got the little tyke but he was fine kids are resilient resilient. six or seven weeks later he started talking again (laughs) so funny she's staring at him horrified just horrified and to know that that was like ad-libbed is even better yeah when you know that this whole conversation he just ad-libbed everything and she is so good like when you think of someone mm -hmm. throwing that improv at you and you roll with it that well yes i it makes me appreciate catherine o'hara even more than i do so so much because it's such and as and you're right like as a kid i'm like oh he left his kid somewhere that's not good yeah. But I don't get well, fine. Kids are I resilient. didn't get that they were like bonding over it and he was trying to comfort her. Mm-hmm. I nope. just I, I just kind of was like, nope. oh, this is they're having a, a shared conversation, shared experience of left children. The end. Yes. Like, that's yeah. Like, and, it's like, and the kid was fine. So the moral is the kid's Yeah. And then the moral is, us can we get back to can survive everything? <laughs> we're fine. <laughs> um, and then they even talk about like even in that conversation, too, he's talking about talk about bad parents. And then they starts. he's like, we're on the road 48 weeks out of the year. And he's like, we barely even see our kids. And he kind of goes through the van to tell the very sad story of how they're all basically bad, bad fathers fathers yeah. and it's like this is depressing like i was like <laughs> so i don't want to hear any of these adults. things so it's it that whole scene was lost on me but all mm. i remember like you said was they seem like they're bonding this is john candy this is kevin's mom everyone's fine okay great let's yeah, move yeah. on we can so, all be fine yeah oh, so man. yeah but he Amazing. was definitely a favorite oh, obviously he was like as soon as he'd show up on screen i was like oh we're good we're good this yeah is a john totally. candy moment Life is wonderful. Absolutely. Oh, man. Um, okay, so what about what about you? What other so things? I know one of the things that I remember having to ask what it was was so there's a scene where, where Kevin has had a shower and he's talking to himself about how oh, he's yes. doing okay. And he basically, you know, he's he's had a shower, he's used adult shampoo, he's like, you know, washed all the between his toes, toes and his belly button, button, which he's never done before. And then he needs to go to the store to get milk and, you know, laundry detergent. But other than that, he's in good shape. And as he's talking, he's like in a towel, a giant towel wrapped around his waist. And he's trying to be the man of the house. So he puts aftershave in his hands and slaps his cheeks and then screams. And it's that iconic hands to his cheeks scream that you everyone thinks everyone knows for you know for macaulay it's on the cover of the it's on the cover of the posters and and the movie um and as a kid i was like why i had to ask why he was screaming and Mm -hmm. our dad had to explain that aftershave burns and i was like why would you why would you put it on you i thank you (laughs) i thought the same thing i remember being like because you definitely asked that question because i know the answer but the only way i knew that was because you asked because i would have been like i don't know it doesn't matter but (laughs) Why would you put that on your face? And also because he, he does it, it again. A second he does time. it twice. Yes. And yes. you're like, but you learn from this. You know we, it hurts. But we did this. <laughs> we already did this. Yes. I thought the same thing. We've learned a valuable lesson. Um, yeah. So I mean, like that, that I had to ask. I know I had to ask what that is. I really disliked Buzz. 
Buzz upset oh, me as a kid, yeah. how he talked to him. I I really was upset by Uncle Frank. And Uncle Frank, I think I find him funny as an adult now because he's such a cheapskate and he's such a jerk. And mm-hmm. he's kind of that freeloading relative of nightmares that you have. Yes. Um, but thankfully, I don't. We don't have one. Have one we don't but, have one. Um, I imagine other people. But I, to this day, I still get upset because... Um, when when Macaulay Culkin screws up and he headbutts his brother because his brother's being an, an asshole and is like pretending to barf up the cheese pizza, um, and it spills the milk and it gets in the passports and all this other stuff, and then everyone everyone goes quiet and they're all looking at him and Kevin and Kevin's looking around and Uncle Frank goes and he's trying to explain why he did it, you know, Buzz ate my pizza on purpose and stuff, and Frank just goes, "Look what you did, you little jerk." And even as an adult, I'm like, you don't talk to an eight-year-old that it's way, true. especially not your, one that isn't your own. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I was, not that you should do it anyway, but I'm sorry. Yeah. I'd like, so even as a kid, I was like, he is a terrible person. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and yes. as an adult, I'm like, this is when a parent steps in. And I, I, to this day, I get upset that no one goes, Frank, you don't get to talk to my kid that way. No, nope. totally. They all just let it slide. It still upsets me. But as a kid, it really upset me. Uh-huh. It upset me that an adult would speak to a young child that way. Um, I also, I didn't get the humor about Uncle Frank. I didn't understand that he was a cheapskate. I didn't understand that he wasn't paying for the pizza. And that he had, you know, I had travels, traveler's checks. I don't have cash, like all this stuff. I didn't get that at all. Like they're on, they're on the plane and they're in first class and he's telling his wife to stick the crystal glass in her purse. Yeah. And she's <laughs> Which, like, no. And she's he's like, do it, do it, do it. Um, I think it's real crystal. Uh, I didn't get that humor. That is no. something I didn't understand. I know I was a little confused by Joe Pesci disguised as a police officer at the start of the movie. Mm. I got that he was bad because we saw the movie. But I think the first time, it must be a remnant from the first time we ever saw it. Because I was taught to trust police officers. And he's disguised as one and he's having conversations. And later in the film, you find out that he's not a police officer. He's just doing that to case the joint. But it kind of... I it kind of made me unsettled as a kid. Oh really? I didn't, oh, that's I'm funny. like, but he was a police officer, but he's not a police. Like now, I was like, people can now do that. Not? People can disguise themselves as like I was like, how do you trust the police? Then I don't know. This is I don't how do get. you know if it's an actual policeman? Yeah. What do you not? do? What do you do? He was wearing a uniform and had a badge. Like I, that's oh, right. I don't know if I trust this man. So that I think it really unsettled me to know that oh, that that's was a hilarious. Thing. So rewatching that it, I was like, I was like. Oh, I remember that. I um, mm. so that was interesting. I remember thinking Kevin was so smart for mm-hmm. when um, like for many reasons, but in yeah. particular when he first meets the wet bandits, like when they first see each other, he almost gets run over, which is hysterical. The the comedic timing, <laughs> it's so um, good. It's so good because because Marv and Harry, Joe Pesci and 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 like the two wet bandits are, are Daniel chatting. Stern. Daniel Stern are in their van and they're having an argument because Daniel Stern has run the taps and has flooded the house and Joe Pesci's character is not really on board with it. And it's like, that's the sick thing to do. And he's telling him that and they're arguing. It's not really seeing where he's driving. And Kevin just happens to be crossing in front and they only just managed to stop their Dodge van in time. And Kevin just sees it come almost to his nose and goes, ah, <laughs> and something about the timing of it all makes me yeah. laugh every time. It's but pretty funny. Then, you know, they're talking to him and he decides to, you know, walk away, but he, recognizes the gold tooth that Joe Pesci's character has from the police officer he saw at 
their house. And so he kind of has this odd expression and starts to walk away and Joe Pesci doesn't like it. So they decide to follow him slowly in the van. And I love it because the ki- obviously Kevin knows this van is slowly crawling behind him and gets freaked out. So he starts to run and their logic is why would he run unless there's something suspicious? Whereas, mm-hmm. you know, they're being, mm-hmm. it's hilarious to watch now and just be like, no, you're being suspicious anyway. You're, yeah. <laughs> no, you're actually, something. no, this is a sign that you're being suspicious. Yeah, this is a sign that he's a smart child and yeah. he's trying to get away from the creepy van following him. But yeah. he manages to evade them by running to the church and hiding mm-hmm. in the giant nativity set. It's and brilliant. as a child, I was like, whoa, that was genius. <laughs> and my next thing, oh my gosh, now I love doing every single time because knowing yeah. that he was there. Yeah. I always loved looking at the nativity yes. scene as and I drove by and him. being like, there he is. Yeah. He's in that blue fabric. Yeah, he looks thing like he's disguised as a shepherd because he's yeah. got the shepherd's crook. Brilliant. Yeah. yeah, totally. Every time I'd look for him. Every time I'm but like, yes. he is a genius. Brilliant. Um, yes. Yeah. So I, I remember thinking he was actually quite smart for how mm-hmm. he handled a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm trying to think if there's anything. I, I always actually, what's very interesting about this movie is so I truly dislike the Christmas Carol, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. Yeah, you told me this. It makes me very sad mm. because it's not a happy Christmas carol. If you listen to the lyrics and how it's sung is in that slow kind of morose tone. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know until I was much older that it's from Meet Me in St. Louis and it's from the saddest freaking moment in that movie. And I've never been able to watch that movie again. Uh, but regardless, it's awful. Um, but uh, it's from a scene where he's really wanting his family to come and he's all by himself and he's putting out the cookies and the carrots for Santa and his reindeer and he's got the presents and he's all alone. Mm-hmm. And this song is playing in the background and it upset me as a kid. I was like, he doesn't have anyone. He's not having a Merry Christmas. Like the song, I was like, it's saying to have a Merry Christmas, but he's all by himself. Mm-hmm. And to this day, if I hear it, I'm like, turn it off. Yeah. This oh, song depresses funny. me. I, knew I don't that, like but... listening to it. Yeah. No. And it started with Home Alone and just was solidified in Meet Me in St. Louis. And it always broke my heart, that scene where he's walking home and he sees a happy family. Oh, I know. Having a Christmas together. And there's this very sad choral music being played. And it just, as a child, I'm like, his family needs to come home. Yeah, he misses his family. family. And I wouldn't be, I I think what also impressed me as a kid is I knew I wouldn't be nearly as good as Kevin at keeping things together. If I I'd woke be crying up as an eight-year-old all the time, and there was no one home, I would—I don't know what I'd do. But we also it doesn't help that at that age in our lives, we were in the middle of frickin' Bride Creek. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. We would have been really screwed. Yeah, that's very but, true. Um, but yeah, so that—I mean, obviously, like you, slapstick. Let's talk this slapstick. We loved it. We laughed over it. Um, my favorite, favorite slapstick moment. Oh, go on. Yes, laugh. let's get into these. Let's do yes. these because there's mm-hmm. so many good ones, but. My absolute favorite is, so they've gone through so much slapstick at this point. And um, Kevin has just hit them in the faces with the paint cans. <laughs> they're upset. And he has gone upstairs. He's phoned the police. And then he's running away. And they're going to catch him. And um, and Joe Pesci, you know, falls over the tripwire that he's set. And Daniel Stern falls, but is taller and longer. And so he just manages to catch Kevin's ankle. And he's like, I've got him. I've got him, Harry. And then Kevin sees the tarantula on the stairs Mm -hmm. and grabs it and puts it on Marv's (laughs) face. And Marv screams Screams in the most high, 
best pitched best it's screams. so funny and i i'm trying to contain laughter describing it it's so because i die every time i know it's coming yeah i know it i'm an adult now i mm-hmm. understand and it doesn't matter that is the scene where i lose it and then it gets better <laughs> Because, of course, he freaks out and Kevin gets away and he like he, he hits it off his face and it lands on Harry's stomach because Harry is still stunned. And Marv stands up and it's like, don't move, Harry. And Harry's looking at me, he's like, Marv, what are you doing? And he's like, don't move. And he's got a crowbar. And Harry's just like, Marv, what are you doing? What are you doing? Marv, and Marv. Marv- Hits him with the crowbar to get the spider, but misses. And the spider runs away. And he's like, did I get him? Did I get him? And Marv <laughs> is like, what? Get, get, what? Here, give me that. And he takes the crowbar and smacks him with it a bunch of times going, how do you like it, you jerk? And then they move on. That whole sequence, I die. It's that so That is funny. the one I laugh the hardest at. And I mean, it helps that it's one of the later ones. So you've seen all this other slapstick. You're kind of built up to it. But that is the crowning achievement of slapstick in this movie for me, even as an adult. That's my favorite. Pauline, it's what pretty is good. yours? It's pretty good. I mean, yep. it's. I don't know if I have a favorite oh. like you. Like you <laughs> mentioned that one right away after we finished the trivia episode. I... I they're a culmination all together I have to say like yeah so like I I think Daniel Stern's journey down Mm. the basement stairs (laughs) to the pile of ice that's now formed at the base and he can't even stand up and then he tries to hook the crowbar on the door and then he falls and then the crowbar falls on his head (laughs) he can't get up and he tries getting up again but his legs won't stand still so he's got to go and sticks him to the side in order to like brace himself against the wall. And it he helps to break he's in. So tall. He's it's so, so tall. He's so lanky and limmy. <laughs> and then he tries to break in. And then he realizes the basement door is unlocked after it's already tried prying it. So that was funny. And then he gets in the house and the iron hits him in the face. <laughs> and I just. And then he climbs up the stairs that are oh. covered in tar. Oh. And steps nope. on the nail yeah. and then oh. grabs his foot, screaming, and falls down he the stairs. He has the best scream. Daniel Stern And then it's not the greatest done. No. And then he chooses to leave. He's going, oh, get in a different way. And as he steps out the basement door, he slips on the ice and you see him fall. And it kills me. That last it is fall, it is... A- brilliant buildup of everything you're right the so buildup of it all that do you know what's whole, oh funny that scene our mom because i watched it with our mom actually and she was oh, laughing the whole time and it was delightful and that scene she was chuckling at so much and she's like he's it's like he's an animated character <laughs> the how he reacts how his body movements are his expressions yeah. daniel stern could as might as well be animated it's so cartoonishly hilarious <laughs> and when mom said that i'm like you're right he is like an animated you know, i think the image that i think is the funniest it's one of the things that he does it's the most painful it's when he steps on the nail and it's oh like you God. watch I, it happening and it i, I can't it, it's it's the most upsetting i don't know but they his, have so many traumatic injuries that's the that's worst the one, one I can't that's the do. worst one that's what for I sure yeah but what his reaction is he doesn't just like stop and scream and fall back he's so flexible and so long-limbed he's able to stand on one leg 
pick up the other foot in his hand, bring it to his face, screaming, while falling backwards <laughs> down the stairs. Like, even, like, to, uh. to mom's point, like a cartoon, like, he picks up his foot while standing on one leg. That's a yoga pose right there. And most <laughs> men do not have the hip opening abilities to do that. So watching him do it is so rewarding. over the top, ridiculous, mm. rewarding. It's so funny. It's mm-hmm. so good. It's anyway. So, I mean, I could talk about that. That Honestly, could about that we could forever. We could go through every single yeah, slapstick there. moment. When he steps oh. on the decorations after all of oh, that, God. and he's in bare his feet. feet. And his feet <laughs> must be so fucked up by the end of the movie. I don't understand. <sighs> That's the other one. You know, old-fashioned uh, Christmas ornaments, when they break, they, they were so thin, and they would explode, and they'd have yeah. tiny shards everywhere. Like, I remember it was like a Little bomb pieces. going off. Yeah. If we broke an ornament in our house, everyone would freeze. And we weren't allowed to move. Someone had to go get the vacuum. And like, and then mom would be like, like none of you move. And yeah. we'd like basically have to vacuum up and we'd all have to stay exactly where we were. Because you had no clue where, where the, the glass shards went. had gotten. Which, when you think about that in That's hindsight, so is like, dangerous. why? Are, why, <laughs> why didn't they consider there's, something the else earlier? But they anyway. don't make them like that anymore, guys. It's true. At all. I drop but them I, now all the time when I'm decorating and they just bounce. I'm just like <laughs> bouncing around. I'm always like... I've got, I've got a couple of really old ones that mom gave me, but uh, I have fear of them falling. I'm like, mm. you aren't allowed to break. If you break, it's the end of everything. <laughs> I uh, have to so move. True. There's it's no true. way I could get you all out of my carpet. It's true. Oh my god. So okay, that's so when he steps on it. Yeah, and he so he guys, he's just done the nail, he's done everything, and he steps on these ornaments and they oh, like god. burst pop, under his feet and pop. Bursting. Oh my brilliant. Because they look like those decorations. Yes, would I'm sure do they're that. like sugar or something. This, but that, oh, I man. was gonna say they're candy. They're on their candy. Yes. But anyway. Oh, so um so, so anyway, so in conclusion, obviously, obviously Slapstick the booby trap, like oh. it is a killer every time. We I, Cam watched it with me. He was laughing the entire time. Like oh man, our whole it, family. It's like, funny. Everyone no matter every your age. age. Yes. I can't believe that this movie is only sixty percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I find it actually upsetting. I feel you know, like it's funny because critics don't get it. I didn't make this connection until I was watching Brooklyn Brooklyn Nine Nine. But yeah. there's a conversation between Charles Classic. and Jake where they're talking about it. And I don't remember, like, Christmas films. And Jake's always, like, home alone. And and Charles goes, that makes sense. It's, like, Die Hard for children. <laughs> 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 because Jake's sort of movie is Die Hard. And when he said it, I'm like, oh, my God. Uh, it is. Home is, like, Die, die Hard for children. children. Mm-hmm. It's because so true. it's that great idea as a child that as even as an eight-year-old, you can defeat two grown adult mm-hmm. men mm-hmm. with crowbars and upper body strength you do not have. It's and true. You can defeat them with feathers and glue and Christmas ornaments and and mega machines, micro mega machines, machines, micro machines. And it's and your <laughs> ingenuity and your and your wiliness. You as a child mm. can succeed. You are and it's smarter hilarious. than them, and then you really, oh, yes, man. His mm-hmm. map of his booby traps when Which, he rolls it out. Macaulay Culkin actually drew, and Did I was he like, "Yep, draw he actually he got to draw that, and oh, then he drew that, and it looked Macaulay. awesome." It's also, amazing. can we talk? We didn't mention this, yep. everyone. If you've listened to the pod before, you know mm-hmm. that we love a good montage. Best and a montage. Montage when he is setting up those micro machines and with the like, music, and you don't even oh, so good, and you don't know what all of them are going to be. Oh, we didn't even mention when he puts the hot 
thing on the door. Oh my god! Yes, and it makes like it's like a barbecue thing or something. Yes. I don't know. Dad don't tried know. to explain it to us. I know, I but like, basically, I he ends up branding <laughs> Joe Pesci's hand, hand Joe Pesci. because it's so hot. It's so and hot. An M on the doorknob from a Callister. Who has monogram doorknobs, by the way? Anyway, I thought the same thing. And he, rich people, and he, rich people clearly, and because they're very wealthy. And he puts his hand on it, and it's basically become a red hot iron. Mm-hmm. So when he puts his hand in the snow after freaking out, it's like that scene in Raiders of the Lost Ark when the guy touches the talisman that's been too hot, and it's yes. in his hand. The evil Nazi now has it in his hand. That's what happened to Joe Pesci. He now has yeah. an M forever in his. Hand. It's great. It's such. Anyway, so anyway, I was we digressed because oh. I distracted us, but we were talking about the sweet montage when he's setting everything up. Yeah. Honestly. The music is great. Everything's wonderful. It's, if... a, it's a variation of Carol of the Bells. And to oh, this it's day, so it's good. one of my favorite songs ever. As soon as it starts to play, you're like, this is shit's getting real. It is. It was... a child. I was it like, is... here we go. Oh, it's yes. And I think that's one of the reasons why the church scene was always hard for me to sit through. Because that happens after he's done the setup. It doesn't it? Or no? No. No, 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 no I'm it's thinking just I've got the wrong thing. Just before. Just before. So you know as it's soon coming. as the church scene is That's done, is. that music hits and we are in it for That's the greatest right. montage That's as a right. child. <laughs> yes, it really was the best montage. I mean, it's right up there. I mean, we love the montage in Pretty Woman, I gotta say. Oh, so, it's I mean, up like, there. It's, right it's up there. It is a good montage. I freaking love so, the anyway. Home Alone montage. It makes my heart sing. All right, we've talked oh, yeah. about it a lot. Let yeah. us pivot. Otherwise, mm-hmm. we'll just keep going and this episode will be longer than the movie. Our, the yeah, movie. Longer true. than the movie. So, <laughs> so Pauline. Yes, pivoting Lisa. here. So that for this movie, mm-hmm. does this one pass the Bechtel test? And can you remind everyone what the Bechtel test is? Yes, I can. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the Bechtel test is uh, a qualifier, if you will, of the caliber of the female characters in a film and how well written they may be when they interact with each other. So uh, it has to have three criteria that you have to pass in order to pass the Bechtel test. Mm-hmm. One two named female characters, two, they have to talk to each other, and three, when they talk to each other, it has to be about something other than a man or men. And I don't think it passes. No, it doesn't. Because even in the scenes where um, Catherine O'Hara is, like, talking to, um, like, the kids, like, her daughters, although maybe, I mean... I I wasn't sure either, which, which, because it's tricky... Because so so this is okay. So the scene I'm thinking that could make it pass is after she realizes they've left Kevin home alone. She gets the payphone from the woman who's standing there speaking French to someone, and she like they have the little tip, whatever. They get the phone. She tells everyone to call all the neighbors, mm. and then the women talk back to her about it. So they're not really talking about Kevin. It's they're true. They're talking, talking about how they like, just got answering machines. Yeah, and then no one's like, home. Did you get anybody? And they're like, no, no one's home. So I, you know, I, 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 I think it like, just it did. squeaks by. It's it's a, yeah, by. yeah, and they're talking about something, and I I feel like there does need to be an element in the with the Bechtel test. I think it's kind of like technically, like if if her son, if she left her daughter think, home, yeah, yeah, the conversation is about her kid would be hundred like, percent fine. Yeah, I I agree. I think the qualifier of talking about a man or men shouldn't doesn't apply like to talking about children. One's own children. Yeah. So um, anyway, so yes, yeah. so I I would say it passes. Yes. There's okay. enough. Uh, there's enough of it, but it, yeah. I was curious too because I'm like, I don't think it does. But as we were t- as we were talking, yes, I think you make a good case. I think it does. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so good job, go. Home Alone. There we good go. Good job. 
And yep. they all they are named. All the kids are named. And all the kids uh, are named. Aunt aunt is named. I can't think of her name. No, nope, I can't. But I see her. But they're all named. Um, they're all named. So yeah. then, Pauline, we always have this one of: Is the movie offensive? And when we say that, it's a qual. It, we need to qualify because offensive is a very strong term. But we just mean as if there's anything that didn't age well, especially because we tend to be watching older films, and you know, mm-hmm. stuff has evolved and changed, and what was appropriate then is not appropriate now. Um, is there anything in this film that people should be aware of mm. that didn't age well? Um, just no going. Yeah. In. Um, well, I would say you already made the case earlier about how terrible Uncle Frank is. I do mm-hmm. think, to your point, that's not cool. You don't talk to kids like that. You don't really talk to people like that. You and really so, shouldn't. Yeah. So, I mean, in general, I feel like his character himself is just a jerk. Actually, he's actually portrayed as less of a jerk than he was originally written. There was, like, oh, more geez. scenes with them in France and stuff like that. But test audiences didn't want to watch them in France. They wanted to get back to Kevin, like, obviously. It makes perfect sense. But yep. he's, a, he's a jerk to Fuller. He's he's a mean man, and Buzz is meaner too. So meanness that you see that's yeah. very easily allowed is kind of just hard to watch. I mean, like it's there's something about when it's a brother doing it that like it almost gets excused a little better, but that shouldn't actually be the case. But it's because still pretty harsh bullying. It's bullying, really. like it's mean yeah. bullying. Yeah. Like even though I was scared yeah. of Ben, Ben never bullied me. I was just like he is grumpy all the time, and I don't know. <laughs> Well, I don't know about him. I don't know if we want to test. He sleeps water. till three o'clock in the afternoon. I just want to avoid that guy. But he never bullied me, and so mm. watching Buzz bully Kevin is quite—it is quite really upsetting. Difficult. Like Kevin comes into his room at one point to just be like, "Hey, can I sleep with you?" He doesn't want to sleep with his cousin Fuller because his cousin he always went to bed. And so all he just asks very, and he's—you can see him come into the room and be nervous. He's very nervous to be in there to begin with, and just he's like, "Can I sleep with you?" And Buzz's response is, "I wouldn't you wouldn't let you sleep with me if you were growing on my ass." He's so mean, which is a terrible thing to say to anyone, let alone a young eight-year-old younger brother. So, um, it, yeah, he's a yeah. very unpleasant person. Kid, yeah. So mm-hmm. I, it's Entirely. just, and so that's upsetting. Like I have to mm. say, like watching it, it still like, upsets me. It's yeah. upsetting. Yeah. I don't like it. So yeah. you know why they do it, but I mean, I feel like it's a little bit harsh. I mean, is it necessary for the story? Not really. <clears throat> so, to be that that mean, mean and that no. bullying. I mean, you can be an older sibling who's like, oh, I just next to him, but it's totally. that's not the same as like yeah. calling him a flemwad. So. Yeah. There's a lot of that, so that's unpleasant. But other than that, the only other thing that I uh, really clocked was uh, when when Gavin's going through Buzz's stuff, mm. he sees a picture of Buzz's girlfriend, and she's like got a smile. She's like kind of chubby. She got this long blonde hair. He's like, "Buzz, your girlfriend, woof!" And then yeah. slams the photo down. That is mean. However, what I had learned in the trivia was Chris Columbus dressed a boy up. Mm. as a girl because he didn't want any girl feeling bad like he would never do that to someone is what the logic was does mm. that make sense it does but it's, it still doesn't excuse it, the no. scene yeah because it's, it's still mean and if you don't know that that's a boy who's dressed up as a girl it's... well and i would say even if it's a boy dressed up as a girl right to- that's yeah. true i mean that's a that's good point still, too that's still, not, still cool. not great yeah no and so well, it was definitely um that's a scene that i'm like oh and again like not necessary and mm-hmm. doesn't add to anything there's no need to have it in there no so could very that, easily be things, taken out and those are things that i think are just kind of that make the movie seem a little more dated i would say like yes. it ages yeah. the movie a bit yeah 
hundred percent. What about you? Was there anything other than those things? Those were my main ones. Those were mine yeah. as well. The the bullying that happens between Buzz and Frank, even, and then the the girlfriend picture and saying "woof." Yeah, it's terrible. Those Unnecessary. But um, yep. so yeah, to so just know going in that 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 there's a bit of bullying and there is that harsh uh, comment made about Buzz's girlfriend. But other than that, no. I mean, mm-hmm. unless you are upset by cartoonish slapstick violence, in which case this is not the movie for you. Do not watch you this should, movie. Yeah. If you're someone, you, you watch know, it's, it's like Looney Tune levels of cartoonish violence. But if that still upsets you or you think your child shouldn't be watching it, that's up to you. But there you go. Doesn't bother me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't bother me at all. I'm, doesn't bother I'm me at all. Okay we watched it. a exactly, ton of Looney Tunes. I think it's <laughs> totally. delightful. It's not yeah. realistic in the slightest. Yeah, okay. no, not at all. I'm so like, then, they would all have concussions. Oh, he wouldn't be able to they, fall. They I would have been dead. I wrote down, I was like, if I were the burglar trying to burgle this house, I would stop. I would, as oh soon, my God. there's a flamethrower, yeah. I'm done. There's a BB oh. gun, I'm done. This After, is not worth the it's time. Not even that. After slipping and falling on my back on the ice like that, I'd be like, and we're out of commission. And my back is broken. And yeah. there's no way I can I, go into this house. There's Plus, no way I can get up again. My back is shot. How am I going to haul any of the TVs that I'm trying to take? I don't even have a back <laughs> that works. This child has permanently injured the, the very first, doctor. <laughs> I broke a bone. But the very first thing that happens is he gets shot. One of them gets shot in the nuts with a BB gun, which is hilarious. The other one gets shot... In the forehead with the bee. I'd be like, And BB done. guns That's the cause end. damage, guys. It's yes. not like it's just like, oh, you just shake that off. They actually yeah. can stay inside your skin. Like, yeah. It's awful. It's still so, a pellet being shot at you. Right? So, no, no. I'm the same I way. Burglar, I'd be done. They'd be done. Be like, the, the movie wouldn't have the satisfying ending if I had been the burglar. I'd be like, well, all right. Good effort. We're gonna he go. wanted it more. He wanted yeah, it more. Okay. He won. And he was right. <laughs> Okay. Please. All right. So pivoting okay. again. Mm-hmm. Now that we've talked about it, favorite scenes, all that stuff. Yeah. Is this a movie, Pauline, that you will rewatch? <laughs> Shush, mm. Keep it together. Will you rewatch mm. it? Do you still love it? Mm. What would you rate out of ten? Mm. And who would you recommend this movie for? Go. Okay. <laughs> uh, do I still love it? Obviously, the answer is yes. Uh, will I rewatch it again? Probably this year, if not the whole thing before Christmas, I'll probably rewatch the montage of the. I'll probably watch the the church scene to the mm. end. I will yeah. probably watch that whole thing again because man, it's good. Um, yep. I love Kevin. I love the adventures. I I love Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern. They're awesome in it. Catherine, like everything about this, I mm. I really did love it. So um, yeah, definitely gonna watch it again. Definitely gonna keep watching it every year at Christmas time. <laughs> um, what else do I need to say? Would I recommend it to others? I mean, I want to say yes. I think everyone would enjoy this movie. I'm clearly wrong because it only has a 60% on Rotten Tomatoes. So that <laughs> will go to show that I don't really know. I mean, you said earlier, if you're upset by Looney Tunes level of slapstick, you shouldn't, you won't enjoy this. And that's very true. So if that's you, I mean, I think that's a good advice right there, Lise. Mm, Other than that, I mean... I feel like kids today would still like this movie. It's still funny. It's still enjoyable. Maybe mm. you got to have lessons to talk to them about bullying, et cetera. But I don't know why a child would not still love this movie. I mean, because <laughs> it doesn't rely on, like, rely on like CGI or like dated computer. It is like it's all stud work. It is a child outsmarting two adults with ridiculously catastrophic, hilarious 
humorous results. So I just don't understand any child that wouldn't love this movie. But maybe I could run. You could always send us an email about your kid who didn't like this movie. Uh, I <laughs> will give it a 10. <laughs> 10. Awesome. It's everything I wanted it to be. It's everything I remember it being. I love nice. everything about it. Nice. So, yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. Lisa, same question I mean, to you. Obviously, it is exactly... I- Everything I remember it being. I've watched mm-hmm. it every year at Christmas, pretty much. Um, so, yes. You're going to watch I'm, it again? I'm, yes, I'm going to watch it next Christmas. I'm going to watch it. You know, I might watch it again with another family member. If they're like, I haven't watched it. I'm like, well, put it in and let's go. Like, it would not bother me to watch it mm-hmm. again if someone hasn't watched it yet this year. Um, I will watch it next year. I'll probably watch it almost every Christmas. Um, in terms of, of recommend, like, obviously, there is a ton of nostalgia for this movie. That goes oh, for without sure. saying. I think that's every Christmas movie you grow up with, though. Yeah. There's just the understanding of how Christmas movies work. So, like the others, this has a ton of nostalgia. And this is one of the most consistent Christmas movies for me. This is one mm-hmm. that I watch mm-hmm. very regularly each Christmas. Um, in terms of recommend, if you've seen it before... Watch it again. You're still going to love it, obviously. If this is a traditional one, I don't need to tell you what to do. If you've never seen it, by all means, give it a try. I, as Pauline said, there's not as much dated in this as you think. Macaulay mm-hmm. Culkin became a star from this for a reason. His expressions are great. His acting as a nine-year-old is superb. It's over the top and it's meant to be. Um, and there is still those lovely heartwarming moments. John Candy's great. Like All of that is wonderful. I would say... Like our nieces and nephews have rewatched this movie, like have watched this movie as kids going in, like Lydia, uh, Ben's daughter, actually. Um, she loved it. She was killing mm. herself laughing. Her brother was killing himself laughing, too. Mm. I don't know about anyone else. I just heard that they loved it. So I just I know that it can be appreciated still by kids nowadays. So if you haven't watched it with your kids or you've never seen anything your kids would be interested just from our descriptions, go for it. But I assume most of our listeners have seen it. Well, um, especially it kind of surprises at me our if it wouldn't. age. Yes, our age, like, it kind of was almost impossible to escape. And if you didn't like it growing up, if this for, wasn't for you, you probably still won't like it. But yeah. oh, that's yeah. kind of it. That's the only <laughs> thing I would gonna say. Go, I've gotten it's not going to It's not going to have gotten better. Um, but... I would say, yeah, I, a general public, I don't think there's anything bad in here aside from, you know, a discussion about bullying and that's not okay to treat your siblings or anyone that way. And other than that, you yeah, move on. And it's a great movie and there's some great little life lessons in there mixed in with some fabulous slapstick. Uh, out of 10, I give it a nine. I freaking love this movie. Oh. This movie's great. This movie Why not a 10? Um, I, I don't know. I, I feel that it's, it's so cartoonish at times, and I think because of the bullying, I, I can't give it a perfect 10. Because, oh, but because I get so upset with how Buzz and Frank talk to Kevin, mm-hmm. I, I can't give it a 10 for that. That it did because there's no repercussions for their behavior, really. There you go. Fair and enough. Therefore, it gets docked a point. Other than that, though, it is a delightful film. And oh my gosh, guys, watch it. If for nothing else, then there's like pay phones. There's ability oh, to go through the airport. I even, that you cannot go oh through Oh my gosh, anymore. when they go, like, they oh. show up, they don't even, they just hand her a bunch of tickets and then yes. they just get and on a flight. she just does she's a like, head count. She's like, she's one, two, like, three, she's four. Like, How many tickets I do I got? That's like, nonsense. Like, what what a world. I know. And even in a situation where the power goes out and... And you're in the the problem of rushing around the house because no one has any way to get an alarm going. And I'm like, 
Man, that is a different time. No yes. one even uses alarm clocks anymore. No, so, everyone has their phone. It's... And everyone's phone would be charged enough, you'd think, that you'd be fine. Someone yeah. would have an alarm going off. No one's yeah, getting answering machines when you call. It's definitely a, a 90s, like, this is the tech of the 90s, and this plot only works with the 90s as well, obviously. Mm-hmm. If everyone had cell phones, this would be solved much faster. Mm-hmm. But it is a delight to watch for that reason. So anyways, mm-hmm. guys, check it out. We both love it. It's great. It's holidays it's christmas it makes me so happy yeah so pauline then let us shift to one of our favorite parts of the whole podcast let's mm. do some quotes okay we're gonna be limiting ourselves i have a feeling yeah. um so start us off what do you want to start with all right so it's when kevin is so he he's so mad at everybody at the beginning mm-hmm. everyone's just doing their own thing he's kind of he's nervous about packing his own suitcase which he didn't like he was worried about mm-hmm. which he doesn't even have to do he's kind of making a big deal about everything he's talking to all his siblings they're all annoyed with him and he says this house is so full of people it makes me sick when i grow up and get married i'm living alone you hear that I'm living alone. I'm living alone. And he starts jumping up and down on the top level. And Joe Pesci, dressed as the police officer, is just standing there. Is the only one witness to this? No one else is seeing this happen. He's losing it. And I remember that line being so funny to me because actually it wasn't even our first time watching it, but it was one of the many, many, many times afterwards. But mom yep. was watching it with us and mom started laughing. She's like, that's so silly. When he grows up and gets married, he's living alone. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that is silly, mom. He can't live alone if he's married. And like, I just, so then from that moment, uh, five-year-old Pauline was mm-hmm. like, that is silly. And I always love that line afterwards. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay, what's one that what's one of yours? So I'm gonna do one that we quote to this day. Mm. And it doesn't help that our younger brother is named Kevin. Poor Kevin. <laughs> we say some of these quotes to him and he's just had to deal with it. <laughs> Not the really mean ones though, guys. No, we don't say we, we do don't call say, him the phlegm one. We do say this, this next one, one. though. <laughs> <And> it, <laughs> <laughs> Let me get through this. Let me get through this. Poor Kevin. But anyway, so it's when Kevin McAllister, the character, is, as Pauline said, he's freaking out because his dad has told, like, someone has told him to go pack his His suitcase, his aunt. And he's like, pack my suitcase? He's asking all his older siblings what to do. And And one of his sisters is like, I don't know why you're worrying, Kevin. You know that mom always packs your suitcase for you. And then she looks at him and goes, you're what the French call les incompetents. And unfortunately, like we we say that to each other as siblings, this is like a joke. We'd be like, oh, the first song, les but we particularly like to say it to Kevin when it's apt because he's uh, Kevin. Because so he, Kevin. thankfully, he takes it in good sport and he laughs along too. <laughs> But yes. we, we say this a lot in our family. It's you're what the French call les incompetents. It's true. And it's so I had to, a, I we had say that to line pick all it. the time. I had Same to put it down because it's a Brennan joke. I mean, yeah. and I had that one written down too. And then it it comes back to the the name of this episode. We say this line all the time. It's, mm. It is slightly misquoted in how we say it, but it's like sleeping with Fuller. I can't sleep with Fuller. He has too much to drink. He'll wet the bed. And it's not how it's not how it gets worded in the movie, but that's but how, it's our how family we will say it forever. 
forever. Yeah. Yeah. So the technically this episode and, is misquoted, everybody. But and you can our deal brothers with it. will say that it's like Lisa needs All another, another glass. Like I'll be like, can I have another glass of water? And Dan will be like, oh, if you have too much to drink, you'll wet the bed. And he giggles, and I'm just like, and he is in his forties. Every yeah, he still does this to me. So just so you know, um, so yeah, that's uh, a quote so we funny. have to do. We say it yeah. all the time. Oh, it's just a, it's just a brunism at this point. Yeah. Okay. All right. So what's your next um, one? So another one that I got that I remember liking a lot as a kid, we never really said it, but I just always liked it. And I think it's mm. because I always liked this, this girl. So mm. the way that Kevin gets left behind is there is a miscount <laughs> of the children <laughs> and, and it's a cousin and I don't know her name, but she's got this long beautiful curly dark hair she's She's such a pretty teen she's so pretty i just remember being like she's so pretty and obviously any pretty teen look at her coat i remember thinking she looked like trish (laughs) she looks like a pretty teenager i always thought was trish so i love this has come up so many times in the episode in our podcast where you're like she looked like trish so i love (laughs) and they don't look it's really adorable it's really adorable I just remember childhood Pauline just loved her because uh, mm. I remember being like, oh, man, if that was my older sister. I love her just like, oh, I love Trish. Anyway, so one of the things she says is Catherine, she's been told by Catherine O'Hara to do a head count. Heather, her name is Heather. Mm. And yeah. she's like, so do Heather does the head count, but she accidentally counts the neighborhood kid, the Murphy Who kid just next door. shown up to pawn their belongings. Through their suitcases <laughs> with the two gun facing away so she can't yep. see his face and and hassle the drivers and be really annoying and stuff so I love him. she accidentally counts him in the crew and one of one of the things that gets said and i started laughing just now because i dan says this line one of buzz's lines <clears throat> she's trying to count and she's like let me do a head count, count line up against the van and she's like one two and then she starts counting buzz is like 11 12 92 10 and she's like buzz don't be a moron and i know dan always will be like if someone's counting he'll be like 12 92 6 <laughs> and it's like dan shut up oh, and you miscount but that wasn't my quote that my quote i love that you're building up so much i know it, though. it's making so me very much. happy it's not even that good of a quote uh Catherine and i was like heather did you do a head count and she said 11 including me five boys six girls four parents two drivers and a partridge in a pear tree. <laughs> I remember and liking I that line too. Loved that line as a kid. Anyway, it's anticlimactic. I love it. I love it. Lisa, it go on. Which one of you? Um, so one that, but I always loved, and it's when it's when Kevin is sitting on the big armchair and he's got his amazing Sunday and he's watching mm. the black and white film he shouldn't, and he's just taken a big bite of ice cream covered marshmallow, and goes, <laughs> <laughs> which is great. Goes, guys. I'm eating junk and watching rubbish. You better come out and stop me. Because mm. <laughs> he thinks that he's just wished them away. And yeah. at any moment they could reappear. So he's enjoying telling them all the stuff that he's doing. And that is a line we always like in our family too. We did. And he always is like, hey, Buzz, I'm going through all your private stuff. You better come out and pound, pound me. me. <laughs> yeah. And that's the one I like is eating. Because I'll still say it. I'm eating junk and watching rubbish. I'm like, me too. That sounds like a Friday night <laughs> that's, right that's there. Like a, that's basically my Saturday evenings. Yes. Yeah, eating totally. junk and watching rubbish. All right. What's your next one? Okay. So one of the lines that I uh, I always thought was funny because it, it proves how silly dumb um buzz is is mm. 
they're in France yes. and one of the sisters is talking about how she's like you're not at all worried about Kevin and he's like no the little brat could use a day in the real world or whatever and she's like yeah, he's just so young and yeah yeah right <laughs> he's just so young and helpless aren't you worried something bad could happen to him and his line says he says no for three three reasons a I'm not that lucky which I did think was a funny line <laughs> two we've got smoke detectors <laughs> And D, we live on the most boring street where nothing even remotely dangerous will ever happen. Period. And I just <laughs> love the counting of the A to D. And as a kid, I remember like, he's so stupid. He doesn't even know, he doesn't know yeah. how to do it. He doesn't even know how to count. Anyway. <laughs> that line, I actually wrote that one down because it, it does always make me laugh. Because I like that it shows what an idiot Buzz is. It makes but when happy. he says, A, I'm not that lucky. I'm always like, oh, that's a funny line if you weren't such a jerk. Like, I'm like, that's always, you're so mean. But that was witty. But anyway, but he's an idiot. <laughs> okay, Lisa. Well, one I have that I love is when it's in the church and he's talking to old man Marley. And mm. Marley has explained that he doesn't get to see his granddaughter and Kevin's giving him life <laughs> yes. advice about how he should phone and that. And he's like, and he's like, she probably misses you and the presents, which I mm. love. It's such a kid line, right? Like totally. she misses you at Christmas, but also misses the presents you'd give her. And Marley goes, well, I sent her a check. And he goes, I wish my grandparents would do that. They always send me clothes. Last year, I got a sweater with a duck on it. <laughs> and and Marley's says, like, well, that's nice. That's nice. And he's like, not for a kid in the second grade. <laughs> you could get beat up for stuff like that. I know a kid who got nailed because there was a rumor going around that he wore dinosaur pajamas. <laughs> I wrote that one down too. <laughs> so stupid. And, I love, and he says it with such seriousness. Yeah, like he's not like, this for a kid is... in the second grade yeah. or the third grade. That kid could get beat up for stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, so totally. And I just. It just made me happy because he's having this very heart-to-heart -heart serious discussion with Marley and, and that's how their discussion starts to end. It's true. That's the end of it. It's great. All right. What are you thinking? Uh, um, Maybe... Well, to be honest, I I feel like I've kind of got all of my... You Wait. had all of the ones that I also had. So do you awesome. have one to wrap it up? I Is will do one... our final one because okay. our mom says this. Oh. Our mom says it. Kevin says it. Every time we have pizza, it is said. Oh, yes. And yes. it's when yes. Kevin by himself has ordered his very own cheese pizza to make up for the fact that his jerk of a brother ate the cheese pizza because he's a picky eater and that's all he'll eat and he's just terrified the delivery boy by making him think he's being shot at and for he, unnecessarily unnecessarily i just say that is the bradiest thing kevin does in the whole movie because it's totally. unnecessary that poor pizza delivery boy totally anyway kevin just could have answered the door he could just answered the door and i don't the think delivery kid, boy i don't think the delivery boy would have said a thing he no. doesn't get paid enough to care about where your parents are anyway totally continue anyway so. but he opens the door picks up the box of pizza gives it a big sniff and goes ah a lovely cheese pizza just for me and then brings it in the house and closes the door. We and do our mom say that line. We'll say that. Our mom yep. makes homemade pizza and she's like, a lovely cheese pizza just for, like, our own mom says it. And it's delightful. It's so funny. And when we go to eat pizza, we'll say it. So it's just, it is still said. Like, if we have, like, it's a true. little kid who only eats cheese pizza in our house, like, one of our nieces and nephews, it is said by at least one of us, if not multiple of us. I think if pizza is being pizza. eaten in general, yes. even if there isn't just a plain cheese. Yeah, we'll still say yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. 
Absolutely. That's a good one to end on. That's a good. Thank you. That's a good final. I, I thought that was I think that encapsulates the Brunnen household quite well. Uh, yes, doesn't our it love just... of movies, movie quotes, and pizza, <laughs> all in one. <laughs> yes, this is this is our family. Um, all right, well. There you guys go. This was Home Alone. This is our first Christmas episode. That means that next week it is my turn to pick. It'll be another Christmas movie. I am very excited. I have no doubt. Pauline. Yeah, I've narrowed it to two. So I'm just debating between the two. Uh I have no doubt, though, no matter which one I pick, you will get it very quickly. Me too. It's just the way of things. Mm -hmm. It'll be fun, though. Uh, So thank you all so much for listening. We hope you're having a wonderful December, whatever you celebrate in December. That's right. Correct. uh, Thank you for listening. Whatever Mm -hmm. uh, platform you're listening on, please rate and review us. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter. We're at Real Window. If you want to send us a lovely long email about how much you adore or dislike Home Alone or what your favorite Christmas movie is that you have to watch every year if you have one, send us an email. We'd love to know. We're real.window at gmail.com. Uh, as always guys have a wonderful wonderful week we will catch you on friday for the next trivia sode or whenever you choose to listen to it and find out what our next christmas movie is